Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. And specifically, 
Anthony, perhaps, if you could scroll through the audience, we are going to be welcoming Dr. Robin Graham to the stage with us. And I don't see her here with us yet. Hopefully we're on the same time zone, or at least she's recognizing that I'm on the East Coast. But regardless, we want to jump into this conversation um, because I know uh, that we are equipped to have it, uh, regardless if she is here because she has been such a resource to me. And I know she's going to be for you as well. And it so lends itself to the conversation that we're having is this idea of the fact that we don't have to suffer in silence. And oh my gosh, I loved Monica's share as well of once the light is on, it's on, right? You cannot deny the light once you know that they exist. And it's it's like the, the firefly, right? The firefly knows that it might get hurt or maybe it doesn't, but every time it turns on, it's still coming this way, right? And uh, it's it's seeking the light and and we are no different in in this way and it's even in relationships like you were talking about Dr. Sean it's like we sometimes feel stuck in relationships that are actually burning us uh, because there there feels like there's this tethering that we cannot release and yet when we get into relationships that fill us up that bring life and light no different than my relationship with Anthony and um, his beautiful bride Yay, I see you, Robin. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's this knowing that when you get into relationships that are hold like this, everything changes. There's this new recognition factor of who you are even and how you get to exist in the world. And so today's conversation is so perfect for this title. I had no idea that this is what the, the share was going to be around. Um, but recently, I've been at having the opportunity of sharing a lot of keynotes around um, people who are entrepreneurs specifically and training these hundreds of people into the recognition of their story and the release of their story in multiple different formats, no different from this stage right here to a book or a podcast and helping people recognize their ability and the critical, critical need to share their story. And so Dr. Robin is joining me today because she has just released a part of her story, a part of her research uh, that I know is really, really ingrained in so much of who society is right now. And sadly, it doesn't have to be. Um, sadly, I say because of the strife and sorrow that is constantly this dangling fruit, even from media in the forefront of our attention. And it's it's almost like this disguised light, right? It's, it's like the car crash you see on the side of the road, you're driving and you don't want anything to do with the car crash. You might want to pray over them, but you want for some reason to see every single detail so much so that it slows traffic and almost gets you into an accident yourself because you're distracted by the mess, right? How often are we distracted by the messy rather than celebrating the great and celebrating the, the people who have wins along the side of the road. You don't really often see people pulled over to the side of the road just like doing a happy dance. Like how fun would that be, right? It would bring so much joy. It reminds me just right in my spirit, I was sitting in the midst of a very loud waiting room for my, um, I don't even know if you call it a waiting room, but my child's gymnastics. It has a, such a small room for hundreds of people who are supposed to be viewing their child. And it's, it's so loud in that space. Oftentimes I'm listening to an audible so that I can just like drown out that, that chaos and just focus in. But yesterday I didn't do that because I was working on a workbook and I heard a baby laugh, like just chuckle laugh. You know that sound? 
And it immediately, you saw all of these people, men and women alike, turn their head to find the baby and smiles just came into their facial expressions rather than stagnancy, rather than isolation, rather than overwhelm with all the other sounds that were taking place. Why do I share these stories in this moment is this revelation of what Dr. Robin is going to be talking about and this sad experience that I have found myself in time and time again, which is this notion of anxiety, not only experiencing it for myself, but also witnessing it in humanity. Witnessing it in our youth is, is among one of the scariest things that I've witnessed uh, because I feel helpless. And yet at the same time, because I've walked through the emotions and the character traits even of it, that I, I know that there are unlocks. And yet sometimes we still feel stagnant in sharing our story towards it because there can be an air of, I don't know if it's condemnation or it's shame uh, or it's fear of, yeah, I mean, I think it's all of those things. Fear of what will people think of me if I share these parts of myself. And so while I was talking about how people can share their stories, it was more so importantly about who you're sharing the story for, right? We talk about the why element of even starting businesses and uh, why we show up uh, the way that we do, but what about who? And ultimately, while we're standing in this identity of who we are right now and who we are becoming, there is also the who that we were. And the who that we were and the things that we've walked through are exact reason why we need to show up. It's the exact reason why Dr. Robin was capable of writing this incredible resource and someone that I really admire in the space around vulnerability and sharing your story, you guys know probably all too well, is Brene Brown. And her most recent book, which hasn't taken off in the same uh, way, shape, or form as her other ones, like um, Dare to Lead or um, Braving, uh, Braving the Wilderness. This one is called Atlas of the Heart. And it's mapping meaningful connection in the language of human experience. And she literally goes through, oh gosh, it feels like every human emotion that you could possibly feel. And she talks about anxiety in an extended way because we know that it's rampant. We know that anxiety is now breeding this suicidal ideation that is actually leading to teen suicides, adult suicides. Um, it's leading to states of depression that are inhibiting this idea of joy. I, I don't often like to lean into this idea of happiness because I feel like there's something deep rooted. I know without a shadow of a doubt, actually, that there is something more deeply rooted than what can feel fickle or even be worn as a mask in today's society of I am happy. But I want to lead into Dr. Robin coming up by sharing um, from Brene's Bra Brene Brown's book. And she's talking specifically, and you might have heard this before, about the symmetry uh, and the same emotion tied to anxiety, which can be excitement. But it's all about how we interpret and label them. And that is how we can determine the experience. And so she, she uses the reference of Willy Wonka and that part of the movie where he is, everyone's on the boat and they're going like seemingly lightheartedly through this chocolate river. And all of a sudden this, this very like uh, disturbing, honestly, if you were to ask me, song comes on and he starts saying this poem 
And this poem is talking about all the chaos that's happening around them and what will happen. Will it rain? Will it snow? Will the hurricane a blow? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a glowing? The fires of hell. That to me is the strife and sorrow. That to me is the distracting light that humanity is so fixated on that they cannot get out from the fear. They cannot get out from the anxiety. They cannot get out from the overwhelm. But Dr. Robin is here to tell you otherwise. And so I hope um, that you guys tune in for the next 20 minutes as we share about this new piece. And Dr. Robin, we also have Pastor Anthony Hart in the room with us today, um, who I know is going to drop all the gems in association to uh, God's word in anxiety, over anxiety, and over the hearts of, of our our kids and the adults and even ourselves. So if you're hiding in a state of anxiety right now, I hope that you tune in to the how you can get past it and the who you can become because of it. Dr. Robin, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Tamara. Good morning, everyone. And thank you for having me and inviting me. This is such an honor. Let's jump right into it. Uh, I want, I'm about to post your link to the top and this is her newest release. And it is one that I had the utmost honor of sharing the uh, forward to. And, you know, there's just something really special about uh, collaborating with people, right? Okay. Collaborating over a topic where people truly need versus just something you think is a good idea. This is a God idea. So Dr. Robin, let's jump into uh, the premise of you, me, and anxiety, and uh, kind of your your take on taking action over anxiety to enjoy being you. Sure, absolutely. So the the book started. Um, I've had a lifelong journey with anxiety. Some things have you know worked out really well. Other things I've I've struggled and had some very very dark moments, um, including suicidal ideation eating disorder, um, struggling with relationships, so on and so forth. When my son was in high school, he had a very serious experience with anxiety and depression. And as a result, I thought, I have to do something. I can't just sit here and watch all of these kids struggle with anxiety anymore. I was watching, you know, with him, his friends, my friend's children, and I, I thought, I have had these experiences for a reason. I, I fully believe that nothing happens to us, but things happen for us so that we can then take our experiences out to serve other people. And I've seen this time and time again in my life. And so as, as God was tugging on my heart to do this, you know, I dug in my heels for several years thinking, oh, I can't do this. I'm not a writer. You know, who am I to do this? Imposter syndrome, all of the things. Well, I started writing the book and just completely accidentally, I met a hybrid publisher and I didn't know the first thing about publishing a book. I did, I knew I did not want to go through the hurdles of finding an agent and pitching and being told no and all of those things numerous times. So when I met her, I thought this might be the best thing for me. I would have support in my back pocket. I would have somebody holding me accountable to finish this book. I would have an editor in place. I wouldn't have to do any legwork other than write the book and whatever they told me to do. So instead of going the self-publishing route and having my anxieties about this go higher and higher, 
I hired the hybrid publisher and it was such a great experience to have someone on my side to help me navigate this. But as I was writing the book, the teen book for teen girls was, was the original um, idea. I thought to myself, you know, I have experienced this as a parent as well. And a teen is not going to be able to navigate anxiety alone. They need their parents on their side. And what I have heard people say so many times, and I've seen it on the sports fields or wherever, um, get over it. Just get over it. Get over it and get out there. Just stop and go. And that is not something that someone with anxiety can do. No one can just get over it. That if you think of a Ferris wheel, and I use this example, this analogy in the book, if you think of a Ferris wheel where you're, you know, it's the the operator is stopping it, people are getting on, and then it's going slow while more people get off and more people get on. And it's so frustrating, right? <laughs> it's going slow and you want to go fast because you want the excitement. But our brain has a negative thought or an anxious thought and it gets onto that Ferris wheel in our brain and it's just going faster and faster and faster and faster. And our brain is not slowing down to let those negative thoughts quiet and go away and let positive thoughts come in. So those negative thoughts just keep coming and coming and coming. And when I talk about negative thoughts, most of the time they start with what ifs. When people have anxiety, the what if thoughts are so overwhelming. And oftentimes people can't get past the what if to the negative what if to a positive what if. So in the book, I share my five C's journaling method. And the five C's journaling method is based off of cognitive behavioral therapy. And so it's, it's really catching those thoughts so we can slow the Ferris wheel, challenging those thoughts and challenging those thoughts to say, is this realistic? Would someone else that loves me be thinking this about me? You know, really challenging those thoughts and then changing those thoughts. The more we change those thoughts, and do this practice of catching, challenging, changing, the more we are going to have control of our thoughts and the more we're going to be able to slow or stop those negative thoughts at an earlier phase of their initiation in our brain. And then we can have more confidence, confidence to do the things our peers are doing, confidence to put ourselves out there in our own authenticity, the way God has made us and created us and do the things he's calling us to do. And so that is basically the premise of the book. The chapters are broken out by different emotions, different experiences, such as discovering your values. My thought is that if we can help teens discover their values, those parts of them that they are not willing to waver on, they will make better decisions. They will have less anxiety because they're adhering to who they are and what God's calling them to be, that beautiful human. And so if they can hold true to their values socially, they will have less anxiety. Um, then there's, you know, of course, faith. Uh, my faith is so important to me. And that's how Tamara and I um, have connected so deeply. And so there's, you know, a chapter on faith. And throughout the book, I use scripture references and um offer prayers for the, for the readers, but the intent is to have people start taking action over anxiety and not just sit in a place of, I have anxiety, so I can't do that. 
or I have anxiety, so, you know, I can't have a relationship or I have an anxiety and that's why I'm angry or irritable all the time. And that's why I treat people and using it as an excuse. So let's start taking action so that we can not overcome it. I, I, I do use that word occasionally, but oftentimes if you're genetically predisposed, anxiety is always going to be part of who you are. So maybe you can't overcome it completely, but if you can learn to navigate it using these tools, then you're going to have a much more joyful and purposeful life. Um, the, the WHO, the World Health Organization, just published a study, and we already knew that over 25% of young people in our country have anxiety. But now the World Health Anxiety, or the World Health Organization is saying that since COVID, the incidence, the prevalence of, of anxiety has increased by 25%. So that means even more people have anxiety. And the majority of those people, the, the prevalence is highest in youth and women. So it's perfect timing for my book to be released. Over 18% of the country have anxiety, general population, but only 39.6. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Percent of those people are getting help, getting treatment for their anxiety. So that shows us that people are not taking action and that action is indeed important and necessary. So throughout the book, I share my journey with anxiety. I get very vulnerable and, you know, it's funny, Tamara, that you mentioned Brene Brown because her, her books and her TED Talk on vulnerability really kind of opened me up to the whole vulnerability concept years ago. And she was forefront in my mind as I was writing the book because I kept thinking to myself, it's okay to be vulnerable. And knowing that I may be judged for some of the content in the book, um, and that's okay because if I tell my story, I'm opening doors for other people to be able to take action and get the help that they need. Wow. Uh, I, I read her book on an airplane ride, y'all, and it is, it's one of those things that is actually more of a resource manual than it is a, a, a front to back read. Um, it is something that I will pull off my shelf to help it is something I'm going to pull off my shelf when I feel that sense of overwhelm. Um, nobody is void of this concept of anxiety. And in the forefront of her book, she actually talks about um, some of the forms of anxiety that you might be experiencing that you've never actually put your, your fingers on saying that this is anxiety. Uh, I will go down the list just a little bit. Like my heart races. I'm afraid to. I can't breathe. My chest is tight. I hate myself. I can't get out of bed. My body hurts. I'm so tired. I'm irritable. I'm jumpy. I can't focus. My mind is racing. I can't quite quiet my thoughts. I mean, how many of you guys can raise your hand? And that's just a part of the list, right? And what I think is really powerful about it is this understanding that um, anxiety comes with, with two things that we often use as responses or coping mechanisms, if you will. Anxiety leads to us um, worrying, 
right? We'll worry ourselves to death or avoidance. And it's the knowing that in these two things, whether you experience uh, anxiety as a trait or a state, this is, this is the concepts coming from the Atlas of the Heart from, from Brene, worrying isn't going to fix it and avoidance isn't going to fix it. And now society, and I am not anti-drugs um, associated to anxiety by any means, but I have had many people who have gone in and they just need support. They need therapy. They need to work through. And this is what she suggests. She says, you need to sit with the anxiety and understand what it is. And in that sitting, you have an opportunity to shift in to this element of, of excitement. And that sounds Un, like, uh, like not possible, like impossible, right? Especially when you're in missive. I've had full body shakes for months based in anxiety. And so I get that that doesn't seem plausible, but if we can shift and sit with this concepts of worry and the, the, the avoidance factor and actually lean in, which is what this book allows us to do based in question probing, you uh, just have so much more freedom. And you do have that understanding and awareness factor when it starts to bubble up you can work on the breath work. You can work on asking yourself the questions, why am I feeling this way? And so I'd love to give Robin, if you're okay with it, Anthony, an opportunity to speak into it because he, I know he shared from many stages and just one-to-one -one with loved ones of his own on how we can deal with this when it comes uh, through the lens of faith and what God says about anxiety. Good morning, Dr. Robin. Such an amazing conversation this morning. And I love the the three C's that you said that the capture the challenge and change. And I think you, you talk about it from a perspective of where we're at in the world today with the pandemic and all the things. And, and I think we see it, and I hate speaking in generalizations, but I think we see it in more of the, the ones who are tied to emotions and our, our youth today, uh, the ones who are still trying to figure out and traverse the journey of emotions and generally men are less emotional than women and I think that's what's occurring is during pandemic we've become isolated and before we know it our emotions can begin to lead us you know I I'm amazed have an amazing testimony now that I can celebrate because my wife has gone through this and almost did the took her life in this moment but she went back and we talked a lot about the time that she spent and she began to isolate herself with her own emotions her own worries and fears and didn't allow anybody access and that's for fear of what they would think about her what it would occur that take away her family uh, i would divorce her she would lose her ministry she was a pastor at the time but it was in that place of just worry and fear of isolation with her own emotions and her own anxieties that she although she would capture those feelings quite often, she could never challenge them because she didn't have anything to compare and contrast them with. So I'm going to read a scripture with you this morning, and I, I can already hear the collective eye roll and big sigh because the first part of this is just like so overwhelmingly Christian. And if you're not a Christian, you're like, oh yeah, just spout that off, pastor. Because the first part in Philippians 4 and 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. Yep, there it is, right? Oh, yeah, don't be anxious about anything, yo uppity up. I know you, you read the Bible. I'm going to be the first to tell you that is the hardest scripture to digest because every one of us have been anxious about things. When we meet Christ, if you've not, uh, if you're just an, an early Christian or even if you've done it your whole life, we compare and contrast with what we've known. So when we read that scripture, we have to also go back to another scripture that Jesus said in John 14, 27. 
peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So in other words, what we've known as peace in before our mind, our emotions, all that things is not the peace that you can compare and contrast your emotions and and anxieties against. It's truly getting in this word and understanding you were made to be better. You have a better uh, future than you've had a past and that the mistakes and all that stuff don't define you because what we do is we begin to value ourselves on where we've been and what we've done instead of seeing ourselves in the one who projects us so much further because when you compare and contrast that and we forget who we've been we cast all of our mistakes into that sea of forgetfulness then slowly our anxiety becomes less centered around where we've been and what we've done and mistakes we've made and it's tied into this future, this better step by step. And it allows us to contrast it with something different than we've ever imagined before and challenge it so we can walk out of it. Tamara, I'm Anthony. That's all I got, mm-hmm. I think. So good. And I want to I wanna correct you in the, the fact that there's actually five C's that Robin had. And it's catch the thoughts, challenge the thoughts, change the thoughts control the thoughts and feelings, and then confidence will catapult you forward. And I think that that's a word for the church, right? And like, it's so good. We need to do these things. And, and I, of course, Philippians is, is one of my, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but by everything through prayer and petition, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will be yours, right? It's, it's literally cemented on my heart. And I agree fully that it's a hard thing to do. Psalms 139.23, I believe, is the precursor to that because it says, examine me, God, look at my heart, put me to the test, know my anxious thoughts, right? And so it's this understanding that like God sees you and we as brothers and sisters, as friends, as family, as, as fellow authors or speakers or teachers or people just sitting in this room, looking hey, at Pete. this title, how to find happiness in this world of strife and sorrow. You are not alone. We are in this together. And the most important thing that we can do is to face it head on and then start sharing about it just as Dr. Robin chose to do. And I know if we're attacking the generation beneath us, and I say attack by approach, attack by support, attack by we're not going to let them sit in this and wallow in this and become parents in this lack of understanding towards the fact that they can capture their thoughts and they can actually activate thereafter. It also says in the Bible that anxiety brings old age before its time. And here we are a society that just is ravishing over youthfulness. And yet the youth is dying from the inside out. And so I am just honored to stand alongside you, Dr. Robin, in this mission, Anthony, and in the way that you show up in the world. And um, I would just want, we have like three minutes. Robin, is there anything else that you would like to share? Be sure that you guys are clicking the link at the top to get your hands on this incredible resource and pass it to parent-child experiences, parent-child, or be the parent to somebody whose parent isn't capable of walking through this with them. I am one of those people. My, my kiddos are little, so they haven't quite gotten to this stage. And I hope that they don't. I pray that they don't. But we can intercede for our youth now and even for you who might be in the room being like, I need this resource. Dr. Robin, do you have any final words? 
Sure. Thank you, Tamara. Yeah. So I want to just specify that there are two books. So there's the teen book and then there's the parent book. The books are exactly the same with the exception that the parent book has a section at the end of each chapter specifically for parents. And I share, you know, my childhood and my a little bit more depth of environmental factors, I would say, um, with my anxiety journey and then also, you know, parenting my children and just other things that I've learned and researched over the years. So that is um, something I just wanted to note. And when I talk about the book and Tamara, you've mentioned so many of these things just briefly, but shame is something that a lot of parents will feel because an, an overwhelming sense of shame, even when their children have anxiety, because they think, well, what did I do wrong? This is all my fault. And the reality is it's no one's fault. Um, but what is important is that you work together with your child. And I talk about relationships and communication and all of those incredible things, curiosity, forgiveness, courage, all of those things in the book. And it, what advanced readers have said is that it's in, and Tamara, you kind of suggested this, it's, it's almost like a handbook. And even if you have a teen that maybe doesn't have anxiety, this is an eye opener for understanding other teens who do have anxiety so that we can start eliminating that judgment over mental health, the stigma around mental health, and start getting curious and understanding what is happening. And the book also helps um, people identify the triggers of anxiety. So each chapter, not each chapter, but several chapters have exercises. So um, the there are charts and tables, and then there's a journal where the readers can actually take that immediate action to do the exercises in the book that will help them take action and get off on the right foot every morning when they start their day. Not to say they won't feel those feels, but to help them navigate all of those emotions and feelings that they experience because of anxiety. Dr. Robin, thank you so much, you all. I changed the link from the teen edition to the parent edition up at the top. Uh, and I just, I'm grateful for our time this morning. And I know that we could continue in this conversation for a very long time. So maybe we'll have to revisit it. Um, Dr. Robin has also been on my podcast where we did have an element and opportunity to share deeper. And she also has a podcast herself. So be sure to check out the Fit and Faith podcast and the Second Phase podcast so that you can get more information here. We love you guys. We pray over your day. Uh, literally, I pray right now, but who's up next? I don't want to take any more time. Love you guys. Thanks, Anthony as well. Is it Kate? Kate, are you up? It should be Amanda, but I don't see Oh, her. great. We can keep going. All right. All right. This is awesome. Well, when Amanda comes, let me know and, and we'll cut it off. Um, I have a question for you, uh, Dr. Robin, in the connection factor of this I actually don't think I knew that there was this journal asset to it. Is this a daily devotion or it's just a problem solving workbook? How do you, how do you foresee that somebody's going to complete this and are they doing it with their teen? Yeah. So the workbook, I, parents could absolutely do the journaling as well. Um, but it's more to go alongside the teen book. Um, because in the, <laughs> this is something I learned in the publishing process, when you have tables and charts in a book, if you 
have them so that people can write in them. You can't publish it digitally. So we did this with a second, second with the journal because journaling and it's the five C's method, journaling method, right? So journaling is so key. It's in actually taking all of those thoughts out of your mind and putting them on paper. It resembles it. It's actually almost identical to scientifically meditation. And so it, that has been key in me navigating my anxiety, getting all of those things out of my head and onto paper and actually visualizing, you know, what, what the positive thoughts look like versus the holding on to those negative what ifs. And so in the book, like I mentioned, you know, the identifying the triggers. And so there is an exercise to do that. So that's in the journal. Uh, there's a, an opportunity to do an exercise to, to find out what your values are. There's an exercise to discover what it is that makes you feel fearful and what those experiences are and how your body is reacting so that you can identify those triggers going forward. And there is um, an exercise for like relationships and who you trust, things like that. And so that is in the journal. And then the five C's journaling method is all mapped out. And then there are blank pages so that anyone can use this on a daily basis to write down their thoughts, to use it to catch those negative thoughts and challenge them on paper and then change them on paper so that they start seeing that more positive. Well, what's really cool about and more- this, and I, I didn't have your formula at the time that I was doing it, but a f- few years ago, I was walking through a therapy in regards to very fear-based outcomes associated to nightmares. And ironically, my child has actually walked through night terrors um, and we've gotten to the other side of that, thank goodness. But um, I was in my therapy session and one of the practical ways that I found, and this is not just associated to nightmares, this is in association to anxiety to the full. Oftentimes we're worrying about a potential outcome. We're worrying about something that could happen, meaning it hasn't yet happened. And in what I found is that if I could rewrite that narrative, it's that catching of the thought, right? And then challenging it. What I had to do was actually go through and restate out loud what was happening inside of my dream and then changing the outcome of what the dream was actually forecasting versus what would be a probable, likely healthy outcome, a a joyful outcome. How could I change the current predicament into something good? And I think when we think about this strife and sorrow associated to the title of today's room, we think that like everything is going to, to use the, the ex- example from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the hell in a hanging basket, right? That, that the hell is actually the, the, the biggest, brightest thing in the world right now. And I would love Anthony for you to just speak into the fact that that is so not true and that we have the power through not only God himself, but through this ability of capturing our thoughts and changing the outcome before it happens. But we know through scripture, there's so much power. So what would your perspective be on, on the outcome understanding that we serve a God that is mightier than the strife and the sorrow that we're witnessing right here today? Well, I think it carries on right in that Philippians 4, um, 7. It goes right back into what you talked about earlier about surpasses all understanding and guard your hearts and your minds. And I think that's what we've been talking about is the mind and even our heart, those emotions. But in the next scripture, it says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, 
that's the things that we're supposed to think about. And I think that's the problem. You can turn on your news and just be overwhelmed with all the negativity and the pain and the suffering, but you have to have that compare and contrast moment. So I think you have to be able to just turn the noise off, get around people because we are relationally connected. We're made relationally. Find people who so into you like this room. Tamara, you're one of those for Morgan and I, and there's so many that we've connected with in this room. Find those people who would feed into you and help you to cast those cares away, to really get into the core of who you are and to have those love moments, have those really genuine uh, togetherness moments. So when you do walk out of that and you do interact with that noise and you do turn your TV on and see all the stuff, you have something to compare and contrast with to say, you know what, I'm not going to dive into that. I'm not going to let that control me. And then you just don't get caught in this just wave of lack of control in your life of just all the noise and the chaos because you have the things that are pure and, and lovely to help you kind of navigate through this life. And it gives you those pockets that you can kind of get in, get your breath, take your rest, and then go hit it back again. Mm, that's so good. Dr. Robin, it made me think about the element in the book associated to courage, right? And it, it does take courage to approach anxiety Talk to us about like the research that you've done in that and, and how that supports us as well. Yeah, so, you know, courage does not mean that you don't have fear. Fear is still going to be present. But when, if you, when you take that action and you can step into something despite the fear, that is courage, when you can do it anyway. And each step of your journey is going to, well, depending on the person, of course, but especially those with anxiety, every step of your journey is going to feel overwhelming and you're going to have fear. But if you can take, have courage to just step into it one moment at a time, one step at a time, then you're going to be able to, to move yourself forward gradually and ultimately reach those goals of whatever your, your goal is in life. Maybe for a teen, it's, it's graduating high school. Maybe it's getting a job. Maybe it's going to college. Maybe it's going to a dance. But actually stepping out of that, that um, overwhelm of fear that has been holding you back and, and actually embracing courage to, to take a step forward. Um, it's, it's similar to being brave, but yet different because courage is what's going to bubble up inside of you and, and then guide you to be able to take that action despite the fear that is still present. The fear doesn't just go away because you have courage. Well, and what I think is really powerful in that, and, and we're speaking to a room of entrepreneurial minds, right? We're speaking to uh, people who are willing to be brave enough to try something that a majority of society wouldn't try. And yet there can be this sense of overwhelm that can take place, this sense of anxiety associated to this leap that we decide, okay, I think I'm brave enough and bold enough to do this. And we are like, all right, we're like on the stroke, like we're in the swim and like, it feels good. And then all of a sudden we get to this place of like treading water and the waves are really high. And we're like trying to just, just keep our head above water. I would love for you to talk to those people because this is something that I'm very passionate about. If we take our youth example and we bring it into to this entrepreneurial endeavor and knowing that like, it's not 
women versus men. It's men and women together in this conversation because sometimes it's the man or the woman, regardless of gender, who are actually now the providers for their family and anxiety associated to finances. Oh, like that can literally stifle people into stagnation and they, they can't do anything. So talk about how anxiety can freeze us and how we can get past that frozen state. This is literally some of the features that I wanna feature in this anthology that I'm putting together, the actual tangible ways that we can do this and the stories associated to that, rather than just, it's okay, pick yourself up, tomorrow will be better, right? Like, let's talk through that, both anyone, Robin or Anthony, or if anybody else wants to chime in and you have some insight into this realm, we would love for you to, to share. So Tamara, the one thing that I will say is that, you know, when I'm working with my clients and helping them establish their personal brand and build that foundation for their entrepreneurial journey and their, their, their long-term success for their business, I always talk to them about their purpose. And when you're on an entrepreneurial journey, I think you always have to have that as your focus. You know, we talk about the why and the who, and those always have to be front and center. But when we talk about your purpose, your purpose is a combination of your values and your visions and your passions. And all three of those things have to stay forefront in order for you to move forward as an entrepreneur. And especially if you are someone who is an anxious entrepreneur, it is really important to do daily mindset exercises, to tap into scripture verses, to to journal, to keep those positive thoughts coming in. When we lose sight of our values, we lose sight of everything. And that is when we are not our authentic, true, genuine selves and representing ourselves in a way that our ideal audience, those people that God is calling us to serve, they can't connect with us anymore if we have lost sight of our values. And the other thing as an entrepreneur, something that will definitely increase anxiety is that if you do lose sight of your values and you are chasing the mighty dollar, you are taking on clients that, you know, you're willing to work with anybody. But the reality is you're not meant to work with everybody. And so when you take on clients that aren't aligned with your values, that, you know, are not in alignment with who you are at the core, it's going to cause you more strife. And anytime we have an increase in anxiety or an increase in strife in our life, what happens? Our relationships become troubled because we're frustrated, we're overwhelmed, and a lot of times anxiety will result in irritability and anger. And so being able to communicate, communicate what your values are straight away, right up front, have those be part of your, your mission statement, have those be part of your bio. You know, having that be what is leading you, I think is very, very important. I think there's so much wisdom in that. And, and the word as you were talking that came to my spirit was like ownership, right? It's like ownership of your story, ownership of your current state of ability, right? And, and it's this knowing, I see this all the time, especially with new uh, people who are stepping into a coaching realm or a new business. And they have this these huge goals, right? And I love big goals. I, I speak to the smartest goal concept rather than just smart goals. And uh, they, they want all these new clients to come in to serve. And I tell them, because I learned the hard way, that burnout comes faster than you think when you're taking clients that you're not meant to serve. 
And so it's the ownership of those values. It's the ownership of your actual ability, not associated to the financial realm to that at all. That will come. God is a God of provision. He's a God of abundance. He's going to make a way. But if you're trying to take on 10 one-on-one clients and you don't even have that much time in your week to recognize it's not an hour of service that one-on-one clients get. They don't get you for just an hour. It's the prep before. It's the follow-up afterwards. It's the touch base points. It's all of the other pieces. You will be swimming in anxiety and overwhelm. Something that um, is in this book as well by Elizabeth Gilbert. It was a book that she actually uh, penciled in a picture via uh, her Instagram post. And I love it. It says, you are afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control. But you never had control. All you had was anxiety. And I think over and over and over again, actually, I don't think I know. I'm experiencing it firsthand. People, especially people who are in the launch phase or the growth phase of their business, they're sitting in a constant state of anxiety and they think it's control. And I am raising my hand because I have been growing a team for a couple years now. And I am recognizing that even in my delegation as a leader, I am anxious about letting go of things because I think I have control over it or I think I'm best suited for the job. But guess what, you all? The reason that you're not alone in this world is so that other people can sit in their zone of genius and help you through your anxiety. Let you hold that experience together with people. And that's where sharing your story is so critical. You don't have to feel isolated especially as an entrepreneur. And so I pinned up above the Joyful and uh, joyful Entrepreneur Anthology. I'm trying to put entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is anthology and entrepreneur. I just made that word up, so just go with it. Uh, this is an experience and expression that I want to unlock conversations like this for entrepreneurs and not help you stay, in, or I want to help you stay out of this sense of anxiety and overwhelm. And we're gonna do actually a whole panel around mental health at the Grow for God conference later this year because I'm seeing this more prevalent than the celebration, more prevalent than the I'm in good stride, I have created my boundaries, I understand who I am, I have taken ownership in my story and now I'm activating in purpose, on purpose, with mission, right? It's actually the antithesis. And if we have a bunch of entrepreneurs who are walking in anxiety and trying to serve the world from that place, where's the freedom? Anthony, I would love for you to speak to this as like the freedom as existing because you might not call yourself an entrepreneur yet, but you are my brother. You starting churches, right? There's entrepreneurship in the midst of that launch. What do you talk about the ownership aspect of who we are and our identity factors connected to how our business can thrive? Oh, ownership is a tough word, T. The, the biggest one we don't want to let down is ourself because we know the jump we took. We know the steps, the things that we walked away of more intimately than anybody. So that ownership piece, if we truly own up to it and, and we realize we made the decisions, we can't put it on anyone else, then that just brings more anxiety. All of it falls on us now. What have I done? Especially, you know, us men sometimes like, oh, I got to carry all of this. I'm, I made these decisions for my family. So I don't know if you remember this, but your second podcast, I was on it, and we talked about the man or the woman in the mirror, the hardest one to look in the face. And I think that's just where we have to understand that value of who we are and the decisions we made. If we've been called into this arena, I, I question often, 
man, because I'm in a smaller church that's gone through some stuff and it's not the easy, uh, the money's not there all the time or the people, you know, it, it takes a little more work. And I think for all of us as entrepreneurs, as you are starting your own businesses, there's moments like that where you really have to question the why and is there really freedom in this? But it's in that space. If, it, if you were called to make that step, if this is in your DNA and your passion, as Dr. Robin talked about, your purpose, then that's your drive. That's the thing you're owning. Don't own your fears and anxiety. Own that step and walk. Continue to walk in it. Own that moment because when you get to those highs, oh my goodness, you, you're going to own those as much as anything and it's just going to validate the steps or the crawls or even the missteps you made along the way. So keep walking. Surround yourself with, when you get trapped in those waves of anxiety, surround yourself with some life life best and life brings and friends that are going to toss you a, a lifeline to help you in the way that they've already walked through this thing. That's the beauty of community like this. This is a room full of people who have had those same fears and doubts, but have had to own it. Man, when you connect with somebody like that, that's just the life that gets spoken into you. I just look at a couple like Scott Simons. I always see him. That dude just speaks life, life, life. So such a beautiful room. And I think that's where we got to do. You don't have to own it by yourself. Well, I think where where I am hearing you come from is this idea of empowerment associated to ownership, right? That we are empowered when we own our ish, right? And this is a part of your messaging strategy. This is why someone comes to Dr. Robin to serve them in their business growth versus coming to me. Or this is why someone comes to Nate Forrest for developing their business versus coming to TM. And everyone's story, every single component is so critical for us to understand who you are, because the why is great and you can spill out why and messaging all day long, but if you cannot own it yourself and it's not something you carry when you walk into a room and that carrying that ownership, that empowerment quality towards your unique story, you are so uniquely and divinely made to show up and share every hardship that you've walked through. Now, we talk about it before, and I forget who said it first. I think it was Molly who said, it's it's not sharing from an open wound, it's sharing from a healed space. And when I launched my book last year, I was sure without a shadow of a doubt that it was time to share because I was healed. But I will tell you right now that that still wasn't an easy thing to do. And I'm sure Dr. Robin can feel this way. It's like birthing a baby and then giving your baby away. Someone can judge your baby. Someone can hurt your baby. Someone can have an opinion about your baby. But when they're in mama's arms, I don't care what you say, it's all mine. But the ownership quality is that even if I pass this to you, even if I pass this area of anxiety or this area of overwhelm or this area of fear to somebody else, they cannot destroy it because I know who I am and whose I am. So my identity in my ownership is so strong that I am empowered to show up regardless of what story you may say about me, right? I would love, Robin, for you to speak about ownership and empowerment associated to anxiety and your expertise. Oh my gosh, this is such a great conversation. I love this, Tamara. And you know, I think we have to own who we are and own every part of who we are because we cannot fully represent ourselves. We can't answer our calling. We cannot fulfill our purpose if we are only owning those things that are good and beautiful. The fact of the matter is we all have flaws, but those flaws, and, and I talk about this in the book, we can, we can accept those flaws because we were created in 
God's image. And so if that is true, we can, we can accept ourselves right where we are. But the, the key to it is, Tamara, like you said, we're not meant to do this alone. We're meant to surround ourselves with like-minded people. And we're meant to surround ourselves with those people that are going to hold us up and, and hold us accountable for owning ourselves, owning the actions we take, owning what we do within our business to serve other people, and owning how we respond and react and receive other people into our world. So I think that you know, ownership as, as a whole is, can be something so incredibly deep versus just something that, oh, I own this business. It's, it's owning self and representing yourself as who you, who you truly are. And again, aligning everything you do with your values and what your calling is. So powerful. I have a couple people who are sending me messages on the back end, and I want to make way for them to be able to share. Um, one being uh, Debbie, who is very passionate about this topic, and she's actually cultivating a business to help people like us with anxiety by creating jewelry. And so, Debbie, if you want to have just a minute, and then I'm going to have Louise share, and then we'll close out the, the hour. Well, thank you, Tamara. And yes, I am very passionate about this subject because it's something that I've lived with for many years and I've seen how it has affected my family. But most importantly, when I was first diagnosed with it in my early 20s and I just turned 50, I wasn't allowed to talk about it. It was all in my head. I wasn't able to find the resources and everything that I needed to, um, to help myself. So I had to discover a lot of things on my own so the, the whole idea behind my business and everything is to give people the tools and the tricks and the things that I've discovered that have helped me to give, to give them an arsenal of ways to help themselves so that they can navigate the waters of anxiety and learn to, to cope with it and to live with it and be comfortable in their skin while doing so. So with that, I yield my mic and thank you for this opportunity to speak. So good, Debbie. And her jewelry is stunning. I have a piece myself and it's gorgeous to wear and I get questions about it all the time. And I didn't know the entirety of that. And so I can't wait to share it with people and pass it along. I know there's an essential oil component to it that I love so much. Uh, Louise, you wanted to share. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Breakfast with Champions. Uh, Dr. Robin and everybody here on stage and down below uh, come to you. Greetings from Washington, DC. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have to say, Robin and Tamara, this is a topic that is very, very, very close to my heart. And I'm super passionate about it because I really feel like, gosh, anxiety is everywhere, right? But I wanted to just add to what Anthony uh, spoke about uh, this morning, uh, a scripture verse from the Bible that I have held on to very dearly for many years. And it has worked so well for me. I mean, at the root core of anxiety, what is it really? It's fear, right? It's all fear. And there's a scripture verse that talks in the Bible. It's actually 2 Timothy 1, 7. And it says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. A sound mind. Let me repeat that. It says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and a sound mind. I just wanted to add that scripture to us. And I just want to say we have so much of stress and so much of anxiety. And Robin, thank you for writing this book. Would love to uh, to to jump into it. But, um, you know, I don't know if people realize this, but 
the the Ames Institute in Delhi, um, which is um, you know the only medical sciences institute, um, literally talked about stress in the world. Ninety nine percent of cancers are kind of caused from stress, guys. So um, this is like huge. You know, if you can take care of anxiety and you know so many, I think I think a good sixty or seventy percent of people in in America. Are, are in either Paxil or Zoloft, you know, so it really hits everybody pretty much, you know, every corner. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you so much, guys, for giving me, giving me the time, Tamara. Bless each and every one of you. This is Louise, and I'm out. Yeah, Louise, so, so good. And I'm so glad that you you kind of wrapped it with a ribbon, right? And and the ribbon is always the word. And I think it's so critical for us to understand that we do have power over anxiety. And while it can be a trait and also an emotion, something that happens to us, but something that is actually component of us um, predispositioned, as Dr. Robin talked about earlier, we still have a power mightier than that. And so there's this other verse that I wanted to share as well. It's Romans 8, 38 and 39. It's, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus, our Lord, not death, or life, not angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or height or depth or anything that is created. The everlasting love of the Lord, God will partake in this journey with you, friends, in the trials and the tribulations, in the anxieties, in the strife and the sorrow, and he will make all things new. And that is where your story matters. I repinned uh, a link up here of Dr. Robin. This is the journal. So we've had the teen edition, we've had the parent edition, and now we have the journal linked to the top. And if you want all three, I would just encourage you to go to Amazon and type in you, me, and anxiety, and all of them will come up and you can order. Actually, Dr. Robin, do you have a bulk option like on your website or anything like that? Oh, is she not with us anymore? She might've had a jump. She was only supposed to be here from 5.30 to six. So if that's the case, you guys be sure to check that out. As you saw in the link before, there is an opportunity to join an anthology with me and several co-authors who are speakers at the Grow for God conference and attendees as well. And it's gonna be an opportunity if you've never written your book, if you've never shared your story of anxiety, if you've never shared your story of anything, shame was the first story that I shared, a short story of shame in an anthology. It was an amazing opportunity to capture the book writing process and also to release a portion of my story without fear because I was doing it with other people. And that's the most important thing for us all to recognize. You are not alone in this story. You're not alone. You're not the only one who's walked it out. And so it's so critical for us to understand how you're still breathing in the opportunity of joy every single day. It's a, it's a heart set. It's a headset. It's yours to be taken. Anthony, do you have a mic drop for us at the end? Do you have any final verse or quote that you want to share? Oh, I, I, you actually had this word in my, kind of my spirit on the way out, and that is shame. I always try to fin finish these conversations when we talk about these emotions and the stress and all that is there is no shame in this. Like God is not ashamed of you when you have these feelings that you fell short. He's not ashamed of you. That's a, a human emotion that we try to put on God because first Peter five, seven says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It doesn't say just cast the, the shameless anxieties. He said, cast all of them. Cause when you bring them to him, he's not ashamed of you. He knows that you're his and you're going to have those. So don't let shame control you. 
That is a lie from the enemy that only wants to deplete you and, and tear you down from who you were made to be. So don't ever feel like God is ashamed of you. And if you've got people in your corner that are ashamed of you, you better start trimming back and pruning your life and putting people in there who can walk through some stuff with you. So, man, release that shame today. Walk out of it. Thank you so much, Anthony, for being here always. Pastor Anthony, y'all, make sure you give him a follow. You're going to be seeing more of him soon. I'm so excited for all the things to come and what God's doing in his life and in his marriage and in his church. You guys, it's been an amazing hour. I am grateful that God opened the extra door to time because clearly this conversation is needed. I have so many people in the back channel talking about anxiety and depression and what they're walking through. And so if you need prayer, please send me a DM over on Instagram and I will pray with you. I will pray over you. Um, ultimately, I feel like that is the answer. He is the answer. And so I'm honored to be here with you guys. My name is Tamara Andres. If we've never connected, hello. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.